Grace to you and peace from God the Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So back in 1992, 92, right? The United States assembled a group of basketball players to play in the Olympics. It was the first time that professional athletes had ever been assembled to play in that team. And since they got to pick the top NBA players of that day, they collectively called that team the Dream Team. Many consider it to be the best team ever assembled in any sport in any point of history. They dominated the Olympic competition. You guys remember this? Beating eight opponents, they only played eight games, by an average of 44 points. It consisted of three of the greatest players that ever lived. Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird along with guys like Charles Barkley, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, remember those names? Had the best of the best, the best shooters, the best rebounders, best ball handlers, everyone playing their position. It was a team that a coach and a country could only dream about having. But here's the thing, it wasn't reality, and everybody knew it. Right? I remember half-heartedly watching some of those games with some of my friends, thinking that this was kind of a joke, really, and some of my friends and I sat down and we said, okay, what would a dream team, an actual dream team, what would that really look like? I got that conversation rolling and we started talking about, you know, there's many talented players in every league and on every team, but that doesn't make them a dream team. What really makes them a dream team? We decided it had more to do with adjectives like this, like commitment, dedication, sacrifice, enthusiasm, um, eagerness, passion, We decided that if a team had those characteristics, that would truly be a dream team. So, having said that, enter my favorite character on our favorite game show of Who Dis? Drum roll, please. Here's what I decided. Okay, when I was back in Nebraska, I used to talk about Lombardi even more than I do now, if that's possible. They don't like the Packers there. In Nebraska, it doesn't have a professional football team. you know, it was decided that Nebraska can't have a professional football team because then other places like Minnesota would want a professional football team. So, Okay, all right, all right. I'll be in town all week. The old man came to Green Bay in 1959 and took over a team that had scored a franchise worst record of 110-1. Now Lombardi, though, took most of those same players, almost all the same players, and finished his first season as, as an NFL head coach at 7-5, and five, including a 9-6 to six win over the hated Chicago Bears. What a way to open up your season. He went on to be named NFL head coach, uh, coach of the year in his first season. So he took a team that went 1-10 the year before, and they took him to a 7-5 and five record the next year. Same players. The year after that, they went to the championship game, narrowly lost to Philadelphia. I don't know if you guys know Packer history, but they narrowly lost a 1960 NFL championship game. And then they went on a roll, or maybe they went on a tear. Uh, they won five NFL championships in the next seven years, and including three in a row that nobody's ever done before or since. His record of .750 winning percentage is still tops in NFL history for any coach that's coached at least 100 games. Lombardi is still on the top. The only other, other one that's close is John Madden. He's the only one that's over 700. Now, you can talk about Lombardi all day, right? So, um, did I tell you that we're going to do Lombardi every other week? Yeah. If we, got con- uh, we have communion on first and third Sunday, then we have Lombardi on the second and the fourth. That's just the way it's going to go. 
So, all right, so they asked him this question. They said, how did you take this team of misfits that finished 1 and 10, how did you get them to 7 and 5, how did you get them to the championship the next year? He said it was very simple, and it was this concept right here, commitment to excellence. He said, when we can commit to excellence, then different things happen. He said, that's what determines the quality of one's life. Think about that for a second. It's the quality that determines one's life and organization. The Bible talks about the same thing. People forget how devoted to God that Lombardi really was. Psalm 37.5 says this. It says, commit your way to the Lord, trust him, and he will act. Proverbs 16.3 might be a little more familiar to you. It says, commit your works to the Lord, and then your plans will be established, or then your plans will succeed. So now likewise, the Bible talks about, uh, talks about excellence talks about how our commitment to excellence, that's all it says, our commitment to excellence should mirror God's display of excellence. God's display of excellence to us and for us. And our response to that should be a commitment back to Him. God says it should be on display in our lives, in our words, in our actions at all times. Okay, so what I really want to talk about this morning what I really want to be the heart of what we take out of the room, take out in the parking lot this morning, is one thing that God desperately desires for his people. He's not shy about putting it in the Bible. This thing we want to talk about this morning is the one thing that Satan fears the most. He works day and night to prevent it or undo it in, his, in God's followers. This thing that I want to mention to you is something that Jesus prayed about the last night that he was on earth, the night before he went to the cross. This word that I want to mention is the one thing that the Bible says this. It says this, it will convince all people everywhere that the church has something that the world does not and then give them a desire for that. It's the one thing that the presence of the Holy Spirit is meant to accomplish. Any idea what word I'm talking about? Unity. And I'm not talking about this town in Wisconsin. My mom loved this town. They had this big craft show. She prepared for months for that show. Aristotle says that you can define something by describing what it isn't. So when we talk about unity, we're not talking about a couple of different things. We're, we're not talking about union, which means being bonded to somebody that you may or may not have like-minded abilities with. I'm not talking about uniformity, where we just look the same on the outside. I'm not talking about even being unanimous about something, where we all vote the same way on something like that. Contrary to common belief, those aren't what unity really means. Unity means this. It means a oneness of heart. It means a similarity of purpose. And most important, it means an agreement on truth. Like we saw Heidi read in Psalm 133. This is one of my favorite psalms. It's three verses long, man. Look at this. It says, verse 1 says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in, in unity. So this is a psalm, so this is written in Hebrew originally. That Hebrew word is yahad. You've got to kind of, yahad. Yeah, you know you want to try it, yahad. Don't get the person in front of you, though. I don't know why they put that in their language, but it's just to make it difficult for the rest of us, I think. But yahad is a significant word in Hebrew, and the, the root word is even more significant. It's part of the shema. Uh, Shema is in, uh, in Deuteronomy. It's a prayer that's said every day, right? And it says, verse 4, I'm just going to cut to the chase here. Verse 4 says, 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. That's the same word as unity back there in Psalm 133. So that word doesn't mean um, unity in the sense that we might think of it. What it really means is oneness, right? Oneness of agreement, oneness of purpose, oneness of, of function. And that's what we need in order to serve God and serve God's people well. That's what we need here at this church. And like I said before, it's Satan's goal to, to defeat the church. I said that earlier. Keep us from accomplishing the goals that God has laid out for us. And I don't think I need to tell you, but I'm going to anyway, that when we have unity with one another, Satan can't defeat a united church. No matter how big, how small, if we are in one accord... Just like Lombardi said about his Packer teams, if we are in one accord, Satan can't touch us. Now here's what Lombardi said about success and about individuals contributing to that success. The achievements of an organization are the result of the combined effort of each individual. The organization, the success, right? The achievements of that organization, the results of the combined efforts of each individual. The organization can only be as strong as the individuals that are put in it. And when we start talking about spiritual gifts in the next couple of weeks, we're going to get to that point. I might not use Lombardi every week, but we're going to get to that point. We're going to get to that idea. So when you look at that, we understand that that's what the church is all about. God's people coming together with his goals and his purpose in mind. With that commitment to excellence in the front of our minds. Not as a byproduct, not as an afterthought. No, as something that's in the front of our minds. To commit our lives and our ways to God. And he says, and then your plans will succeed. Commit our lives and our ways to God, and then our plans will succeed. Now when it comes to supporting what we're trying to accomplish here at this church, we need to look at that word uh, word of unity um, kind of in stages, when, um, when we talk about um, what does it mean to come together as an organization, what does it mean to, to grow and to succeed, there's three stages to that unity. Coming together is the beginning. Right? Gathering together is great. It's the beginning of, of something else, of things to come. So we have a beginning. Then we have progress. Keeping together is progress. But working together is success. And again, it's God's goals that we have in our sights, in in our minds. And when we start thinking about that on an individual level, as it contributes to the whole, things start to change. We get out of that consumer mentality and we start to get to that contributor mentality. And it's important for us to remember that we're all linked together and we're all part of what's going on here. Like individual links in a chain. Since it was uh, Rally Sunday, I thought we'd have a cool um, little object lesson here today. Remember that little game you used to play with kids? Here's a church. See the steeple? Open the door where are all the people? And then you blow the kids' minds, right? Oh, do that little magic trick, put the fingers inside, here's the steeple. There are the people that'll be like, kind of like when you pulled your thumb off, you know, that freaked people out, right? So here we got this church. And here we have these uh, links, these chain links. And they're representing us. They're representing people. Um, and we're all individuals, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, nothing wrong with us being individuals and, and, and coming from different areas and coming from different backgrounds and doing different things. So we're, we're all these individuals in this church. Um, we have different likes. 
Um, we have different jobs. Um, we have different commitment to, to families and, and to our kids. You know, you've got to bring your kid from point A to point B and things like that. But then when we started talking, and Jared started talking about um, talents, and then that led us into starting to talk about spiritual gifts. We each have different abilities. We, we're all different, or we're all good at different things, right? Some people um, have the gift of administration. I, I kind of skipped that chapter in whatever the book is, but... But, you know, other people can teach. Other people have an uncommon ability to contribute to the church. Um, other people have the gift of hospitality, Cheryl Moggett. Just ask her to cook something for you, and you'll learn a lot about hospitality. I'm going to put two in for now. And other people have the, what we call the gift of helps. That just means um, when these people are around, things just go better. So that's all of us in a nutshell, right? We're all these individual links put together. But God says, you know, that's not how I want you to work. That's not how we need to be. That's not how we need to function. So he says if we can function the right way with each other and we can stack each other one-on-one, we can link ourselves together in a chain. But then God says this. He goes on to say, oh, well, actually, let me talk about this a little bit more. You might think, well, that's a cold chain, right? And we can do something with this. This is a, a tool. You know, maybe we can accessorize a bracelet or something for these, right? We can, we can actually do something. It's not individual links. And you might be thinking, you know, my link doesn't matter that much. You might be thinking, well, I'm that link on the end. If you just take that link off the end, the chain just gets a little bit short, but it's still a really good chain. Well, I submit to you this. What if you're this link? Or if you're this link, or if you're this link, all of a sudden now we don't have one long chain, we've got two smaller chains. So when we're holding back, and we're saying, I got A, B, and C going together, you know, I said to one lady that um, when we were looking for Sunday school teachers, I said that I talked to so-and-so, and um, that person said that they were really busy, and the person I was talking to who was administrating with me, uh, she looked at me and she said, we're all busy. I said, okay, that's, that's true. That's true. So what are we going to commit to? Are we going to commit to excellence, but excellence in what? Are we going to do it in God's kingdom with each other and form this chain that's not easily broken? Or are we just going to be a bunch of little chains, uh, links scattered all over the place? So God says, by the way, the first service applauded. I'm just saying. Uh, (laughs) The topic for this morning is teamwork is dream work, right? When we come together and we work together, that's dream work, right? When we're there supporting each other, when we're there saying, I got your back, when we're saying there, I'm going to link myself together with you, when we're of like mind and like accord, like goals, going for that commitment, like I said, that commitment to excellence, it changes everything. It changes the organization. It changes us on an individual level. And since it's opening day for football, I'm going to quote Lombardi one more time here. Individual commitment to a group effort. That is what makes a team work. Individual commitment to a group effort. That's what makes a team work, makes a company work, makes a society work, makes a civilization work, and yes, makes a church work. Churches are a little bit different because God puts you in a place and gave you an ability called a spiritual gift. Again, we're going to talk about these in the next com- upcoming weeks. 
to further the kingdom of God, to strengthen the church, to strengthen the body of Christ. And when we don't contribute, then things don't look the way God designed them to be. When we hold back, then the things that God has designed and the things that God has in mind, the things that he has planned for us, don't happen. That's why he says when you commit your life to him, then your plans are going to succeed. Then God's plans are going to succeed. When we start pulling together in unity, when we start being of one accord, without unity, we'll survive, but we're not going to thrive. We're not going to look the way God intended us to look. Without unity, we're not going to function the way God intended us to function. And we're not going to thrive the way God intended us to thrive. But with that commitment to excellence, with that commitment to unity, we can bring God's word and God's glory to a world that desperately needs him. With that commitment to excellence, with that commitment to unity, I'm going to say it again, we can bring God's word and God's glory to a world that desperately needs him and needs to hear his words. Can I get a resounding amen? All right, let's stand, please.